Hey everyone, it's Evelyn and this is Life Over Matter podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am going to be talking to you a little bit more about the tools and tips and tricks that I've used to get myself motivated to continue this weight loss journey that I'm on. The journey is lifelong. It really is. It's like when I was born, I signed up for a position in travel, and I've been traveling through the weight loss and gain, the food addiction fight my entire life. And it has been a learning, growing experience where I have been blessed enough to meet a bunch of different people who feel the same way about things that I do, who have experienced the same kind of experiences that I have experienced, or at least empathized with people who have experienced what it's like to have health problems because of this, what it's like to not always be in control of it. There's a lot of misconceptions with people that are on a journey to have a healthier lifestyle a lot. And I think that having the podcast is such a wonderful platform to not only talk about all of the matters that we come in contact with that affect our lives as a whole. And that means that in order to enjoy the podcast, you don't have to be obese. You don't have to be fighting a drug or sugar addiction. You don't have to be, uh, you know, struggling in school or struggling with mental health or anything like that. But just life in general, hand just some lemons and you can either make lemonade or you can drop the lemons and keep moving until you get a better fruit, you know, whatever you want to do. But my biggest monster in my own personal life has always been the relationship that I have with food. And it's not a secret from anybody, even though it's not the sole purpose for this podcast. It is a very big theme of it. And it's just so interesting when I hear other people's stories and I see other people's posts on social media about what their journey looks like because my journey never was a journey. It was like the story of my life and it was the roller coasters of excitement and emotions and wins and losses and insults and backhanded compliments and things that in everyday conversation or everyday experiences, people who are born skinny or fit, because that's a thing, don't realize matter. And I never really thought twice about them until I started reflecting, why is it so hard when I'm dieting to stay on the right track? Why is it so hard for me to be happy for all of the other people who can eat a gallon of ice cream before they go to bed at night and wake up the next day skinnier? Why is it so hard for me to get past certain memories that bring comfort to me whenever I eat certain foods that are bad for me? And so I eat more of those comfort foods, you know, and you really do got to kind of self-reflect. There's been shadow work. There's been stoicism journals. There's been 
book readings and, you know, finding who I am spiritually. And does it have anything to do with that? You know, where is God in my life? Where is meditation in my life? How well do I know myself? What decisions am I going to make? Is it my middle age? I'm 42 years old at the time of this recording. Is it because I have seen half of my life go by for the most part and I have half of my life to go and I feel even though that it's not transparent to me could I be at a crossroad of some kind with my health and then there's the whole life or death factor which is pretty serious obviously it's the times in my life that because of my weight or because of genes or heredity I've ended up in the emergency room with a conversation if we don't do surgery right now then you may not make it through whatever this health obstacle is and if you do it may be with the side effects of lifelong consequences like a coloscopy bag you know and then you know I read Matthew Perry's book and I realized that with his alcoholism and his drug addictions and stuff like that that that's what led him down that path and luckily I've never been addicted to drugs or alcohol but I have been addicted to sugar all of my life and it's under talked about um I talk about it with my dentist and he totally knows he gets it you know because I've had to have all this work on my teeth I talk about it every episode I feel like and it is a direct uh, result of not protecting my teeth from all the sugar that I eat. Uh, and you can do everything in the world, but there's still nooks and crannies in the middle of your teeth that, you know, I have a, I have a genetic gum disease called periodontal disease and it could, it's very, harmful to other parts of your body it's all connected and so I had to get it all fixed just in case you're just tuning in for the first time and having a sweet tooth doesn't help those matters very much it also creates fog brain which I have thyroid disease which also causes fog brain so like when you kind of pair some of those things together and you turn around and you reflect on them you're like holy crap you know so many times over the course of my professional life, I have been so hard on myself to turn around and say, why can't you think of that? Why didn't you know that as fast as your peers? Why didn't you understand that as quickly as everybody else? Maybe you have a learning disability. Maybe there's something undiagnosed from your childhood that you didn't have tested learning-wise, educationally, uh, that you've grown up and you have the issue. I mean, you're not going to go into a room full of people and be like, I don't understand it the way that all of you guys understand it. Well, at least I'm not going to say that. But I'm thinking it, you know, why do I have to have this explained to me a few times, right? But then there's other times where I wake up and I'm sharp as a tack. I mean, I understand things way before they're presented to me. I have ideas and creativity and discovery that's deep down within me that just comes naturally that is a research tool and it is on point and I think in that regard several several octaves ahead of others right it's not all the time it's like a 50 50 type of scenario and I can't explain it other than the brain fog right chronic sinusitis nothing to do with the weight thing but also, it, it's not 
something that they could tell me with 100% surety that if I had the surgery on it, that it would fix anything. So I opted not to have that and take the funds and have weight loss surgery instead. So I have been getting myself into the right frame of mind. I got a bunch of flexible cutting boards because one of the things that hassles me on Sundays when I prep food is all of the hard cutting boards that I use. I got brand new knives for Christmas and I love them. They're super sharp and they actually have a sharpener in the block, which is awesome. And I'm forever. I saw a social media post one time that said, when you're prepping your food, you want to concentrate more on prepping the ingredients more than prepping the meals. And I thought that was genius because through the week you can make yourself fresh foods if you have the time to do so. And you're just throwing those ingredients together. So for instance, instead of having everything prepared already, and I probably talked about this in the podcast before, because you can have everything prepped and put in the refrigerator in like souffle cups And then your sections are already pre-measured. Or you can food save and you can do it that way. Measure your food, food save it, freeze half, and then keep half in the refrigerator, which is what what I normally do. Or you can prep the toppings and the ingredients. So in prepping the third way, you would cut up all your onions, cut up all your peppers, cut up all your mushrooms, cut up your Brussels sprouts, cut up your broccoli, cut up your salmon, your chicken, your turkey, your beef, etc. Right. And then put all of that into the refrigerator and then make different meals from those ingredients all week long or make it a few days ahead, like two days ahead. Because I don't know about y'all who prep food, who listen, but my food stays good until like Wednesday at the very latest Thursday morning. And so I can't prep for the whole week. Sometimes I'm doing a mini prep most of the time. I'm doing a mini prep on Wednesday evening, which is kind of a hassle when you're working all day long. And most of us are working. So um, if you're not working, that's awesome. You can actually prep whenever. At one point in time, I had a retiree neighbor who was amazing who would come over and she would help me cut up all my vegetables and stuff. She loved doing it and I loved having her here. And uh, she would package all of the different vegetables and things, which would be my side dishes. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast at all previous um I've talked about this in pretty great detail. My nutritionist from my first round of weight loss surgery, she got after me because I was stalling my diet because I was eating too many vegetables. So blessing and a curse here. I absolutely love vegetables. I could live off of vegetables. I'm not a vegetarian, but I don't think that if I had to be, If something drastic happened in the world and I had to live off of vegetables, I don't think that I would think it was the worst thing that ever happened. I think just because my intestines have so many things going on with them and stuff that I enjoy meat of every kind, really. Um, But I could take it or leave it. And so uh, I definitely... 
I keep thinking about turkey because people keep telling me turkey, 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 turkey. And I can't really, I don't like turkey very much. Um, anyway, so, but, but it's really good for you because it's a lean meat. Um, anyway, so I got in trouble with my nutritionist because I was eating more vegetables. You're only supposed to eat a palm size of protein and then the vegetables. And you're supposed to eat the protein first so that you're not really that hungry for the vegetables by the time you get to them. Well, I was eating the vegetables first and I was eating more vegetables than what I should have measurement wise. And then by the time I got to the meat, I was like, eh, I'm kind of over it. Right. Well, I wasn't losing any weight because of that. And so I was getting in trouble with the nutritionist every time I would see her. She was like, why aren't you losing weight? And I was like, because I'm eating the vegetables first. And, you know, it's such a, you know, it's such a kick, right? Because I'm not eating sugar. I'm not eating cupcakes. I'm not eating cake. I'm not doing any of those things. I'm going to birthday parties and I'm not participating in the chips and the dip and the popcorn and all that kind of stuff. I'm not doing it. Um... And yet, cut to, I'm getting in trouble for eating too many vegetables. And so, um, you got to be careful with that. But prepping the uh, ingredients is something that I'm going to try more of. Uh, And I'm also today, I'm taking before pictures today. Because I used all of my like random before pictures in the weight loss journey that I did the first time. And if you are listening for the first time. Um, I had gastric sleeve surgery in May of 2019. I had lost in total about 170 pounds. Um, but from the time of surgery, it was about 150. I think, I don't know. I get these numbers screwed up all the time. So uh, please forgive me if throughout the course of the podcast I've said different numbers at different times it's because my weight has fluctuated so many times when I was 22 I lost 160 pounds uh, over a breakup and I stopped eating uh, unhealthily and um, so like my weight over the years has fluctuated pretty drastically I had an undiagnosed thyroid disease that I'd mentioned earlier that had me going up and down. In one summer, I gained like 90 pounds uh, over the course of my 20s and had no idea why. Uh, It was just wild. Um, Because of this, my skin is like over it, not having it. And so for that reason, I'm using some of my skin goals as my motivation to lose weight as well. Um, because I know what it looks like when I lose a bunch of weight and I kind of missed that to be honest when I lost the weight the first time well the first time in this weight loss journey with the sleeve I remembered seeing my chin start to droop and I looked older I remembered like the skin underneath my eyes start to sag a little bit uh, and my arms and my stomach uh, start to sag and, and it wasn't going back to my original you know my original body size. And so that was so disheartening to me. I remember thinking, you know what? I kind of just want to gain some weight to fill some of this out because I don't know anything about skin surgery. I'd researched the skin surgery and I was very intimidated by the amount of cutting that needed to be done. Like people who had their arms done, which is something that I would really need have lines the whole way underneath their arm all the way down and then I have to think to myself do I want to have big arms like I do or do I want 
to have small arms, which I don't even remember a time in my life where I've ever had small arms with a scarring underneath or like the same with my legs or my stomach, you know, my stuff, my legs. <sighs> I just, it's definitely something that I'm going to be looking into and it's definitely something that I'm excited about eventually. A friend of mine just had it done uh, with her stomach and she looks absolutely incredible. Although instead of the panelectomy, I think that I would do a tummy tuck um, just because there's other parts, tummy tuck and liposuction. There's other parts of my body that I would want to get any additional fat removed from as well. And if I'm going to go through that pain and I'm going to go through the surgery and things like that, that's what, that's the avenue that I would take to get somewhat of a normal body back after the journey. Now, the therapy has been a whole other thing. So throughout this whole ordeal, you do learn so much about how food addiction is stemmed by things that happened in your life along your childhood. And, you know, I've talked about soft white underbelly a lot in this podcast because these people that Mark Leda interviews have childhood baggage and stuff that they have carried with them their entire life. And that's a lot of what happens when you're addicted to food. It goes so much farther beyond just liking food, you know, just liking the smell of it, the taste. It becomes your love language. When you have an addiction to food, you're eating something and you're thinking about the next time you can eat it. You never feel full and what unless you feel like you're going to throw up. And Even when you're at that point, there's a bit of it that feels complete. There's a a feeling of it that feels good. Um, The difference is, is when like you go out to eat with someone who's not addicted to food and they say, I'm not going to eat for the next two days. I am so full. I can not eat for the next two days. When meanwhile, you know that in an hour or so, you're going to be looking for, "Mm, did I pick up any dessert when we went out? Did, you know, I have any leftovers from last night in the fridge? Oh, man, I wish I'd have brought a doggy bag home. Like, it's real and it's underrated and it's under talked about. It's more than a feeling of being hungry. It's. Uh, comfortability factor. It's the love language of cooking for other people. It is the uh, craving. Like, I have to have this. At night, I would get cravings for chocolate. I don't even like chocolate uh, that much. And I would crave chocolate, like, to the point where I could eat an entire Hershey bar and get this satisfaction from it. The mouth-watering satisfaction. Like, I smoked a cigarette I was a cigarette smoker for 25 years, and I loved it so much. I mean, oh, I would take a shower, and then I'd want a cigarette. I would go for a road trip, and I'd have to have a cigarette. I would, you know, you get it. Between everything, between everything, if I had a heated conversation, cigarette. If I had a good conversation, cigarette. If I won $2 lottery ticket, cigarette. Everything, you know? Never thought that I would be free from that addiction, and I don't have an addictive personality, believe it or not. I, a lot of things I can just say, no, I'm good and I'm good, right? Cigarettes were not one of them. I had started cigarettes to be cool and uh, to, you know, kind of 
look like a badass because throughout my life I've you know been so nice and understanding and so empathetic to like people's issues and problems and like put such a spotlight on mental health and making sure everybody's good and you know all that kind of stuff that there are certain types of people that will take advantage of that real quick when they see that type of person they're like yeah this is our girl So smoking erased that stigma. It erased that teddy bear, you know, outlook that people had when they looked at me like, oh, she's smoking a cigarette. She's risky. She's rebellious. She will do anything. And that kind of ignited that in me, to be honest, like just being treated like a marshmallow uh, made me think I'm not a marshmallow. Like I am different. Like I had to prove myself, you know? And so when I got to college age, I was doing some things. I was doing some things. As a matter of fact, there's there's not a whole lot that I haven't experienced. And I'm so grateful for that. Like the the outer worldly experiences I I have just the journeys that I've gone on. College was a big pivotal moment for me. Uh, moments for me. As a matter of fact, the other day. I was watching, I, I watched Carpetbagger on YouTube, and he was at Gobbler's Knob in Punxsutawney for Groundhog Day. And to most of you listening, I've got listen, listeners from all over the world, Groundhog's Day in the United States is, you know, so many things. It's so many things, and it's so underrated as well. But one of the biggest things is it's just a ton of people get together mostly local to Pennsylvania, but there are people that travel from all over the place in the country. And they go to this area on this hill and they call this hill Gobbler's Knob and it's brought to you by a bunch of sponsors. It's this massive party and it's cold and many people get together with signs and costumes and all kinds of things. And they kind of worship this groundhog and the groundhog comes out and if it sees its shadow... It means that there's six more weeks of winter, and if it doesn't, then it means that spring is going it, to... It's either long winter or short winter. Anyway, I went to college, my first year of college, in Indiana University of Pennsylvania at Punxsutawney uh, with a handful of people that were the, the greatest... I just loved them all so dearly, and I think about them all the time, even though it's been all this time since I've seen them all. Uh, a lot of them in person, but some of them will be my friends for the rest of my life, hands down. Anyway, after that year, we went to the main campus in Indiana, Pennsylvania, and finished out the courses of our college careers. But that first year in Gobbler's Knob, in, well, Gobbler's Knob for the Groundhog Day, but in Punxsutawney, was such an amazing year because, you know, I'd, I'd been in high school and throughout high school, I, again, proving to everybody, you know, I, I might be understanding and I might be soft and I might be funny and I might be everybody's friend. Like, you know, guys thought I was the greatest friend in the whole world, you know, but I can be rough and tough and I can do scary things and I can party and I can do all this stuff. Like it was just about like proving 
myself. And then when I got out of college, it became less about proving myself and letting that experience kind of lead me into the direction of who I was to become. And wise was one of them, which was such a blessing and so wonderful. At the same time, it was like, you know, what's going on with my body? There was like a stage in my life where I didn't know how to take care of my health. And it was during that vulnerability time where I was neglecting to take care of my health that I fell into such horrible habits with food. I started, I think that my journey with food began when I couldn't control it and had no knowledge of why it was happening. And nobody around me had any knowledge of what was happening or anything like that. Like, I think that it was something that I was born into. I think that it was genetic and because literally off and on have had weight issues since birth. Um, I was a very, very thin little girl and then I had my tonsils taken out and it was a terrible experience. I was in first grade. There was like people writing letters uh, from my first grade class, sending cards and things. I hemorrhaged. Like it was a big deal. They didn't think that I was going to live through it. It was, it was kind of wild. It was like a one in a million chance. After that, I don't remember a time where my weight wasn't a struggle. And it's crazy because there's pictures of me as a really, really little girl. And I'm, I'm a skinny, little, tiny little girl. Um, but something in me changed over that surgery. And it was never the same for me ever again. Anyway, life story here uh, for the podcast. Um, so... I quit the addiction to cigarettes when I found out that I had asthma, which was in 2017, and I never miss the habit. Um, I do miss the addiction, though. I really do. I, um, I think about wanting something that makes me feel as complete as what that made me feel to smoke a cigarette. Uh, and a lot of times, like when the doctors were trying to talk to me about quitting smoking up until 2017, I remember telling them like, look, I don't do bad things in my life. I really just want to continue smoking cigarettes. It makes me feel complete. I love the way that it makes me feel on the inside. I love the way that holding one makes me feel. And I love all of this. And the emotion side of it. I loved that. And they were like, you need to stop. You know, there are some people who can smoke cigarettes for the rest of their life and it never bothers them. And you're not one of those people. And I cried. I was so upset, but I quit. And, you know, I don't judge or look at anybody differently that smokes cigarettes. As a matter of fact, I look at them and I think, oh, I know the sense of completion and happiness that they're feeling when they smoke that cigarette. Um, I could never do it again. There was a time about two years after that, before I had my weight loss surgery, that I tried to smoke a cigarette and it wasn't the same experience at all. And that's when I realized mentally that there was something that I was lacking that wasn't smoking a cigarette. There was something mentally that I was lacking that I needed to fill. And I kind of just turned sugar into that new fill, you know? get out of the shower, I go to the refrigerator and grab a snack. I go to watch a movie, I grab a snack. I go to do something fun. The first idea is let's go out to eat or, you know, want to go out on a date. Let's go for food and let's check this out, you know. Um, And it has to be around food. Let's go to the flea market. Let's go have some food in the food court, you know. Just 
stuff revolving around food. And it's like, that's when I realized that it's everywhere. It's everywhere. If this was any other type of addiction, you know, there's restaurants down every street that serve you foods that are terrible for you. There are commercials on every other channel that every other show, like every five minutes telling you about food that you shouldn't be eating. uh, That is bad for you. The economy makes food that's good for you really expensive and food that's bad for you super cheap. I mean, everywhere you go, it's more convenient and it makes more sense to pat your mental health's back with a piece of cheesecake. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I've been doing some things to motivate myself um and it's been it's been so hard this time only because i i have been down the road before and i know how the road had ended this last time and so it's almost like you say to yourself why am i getting back up and dusting myself off again for what right but i watched the movie the whale with brendan fraser have you seen it have you seen the whale If you haven't, watch it. But just watch it with an open mind. And watch it knowing that it's it's more of like what you do when you watch my 6,000 pound life or 600 pound life. Um, By the way, I think I might have talked to you guys about this in a previous episode. But they make obese people seem so disgusting in that show. And I've talked about this with my other obese friends and we all agree. Like, they have them burping and farting and making really awful, gross uh, We don't, most of us are not like that. And just, it's like media, what are you doing? What are you trying to portray? What are you trying to say here? You know? And I get it. Like, a lot of the shows that are on mainstream tv or not real most of them are scripted anyway but it's just like if you watch hoarders it's gonna make it makes me want to clean my house right because i'm not a hoarder but that doesn't mean that my heart doesn't go out to the people who are hoarding they have something that they need to uncover from their past right or from their current maybe they're they're thinking that it fulfills a need you know and i i believe them for that i believe in them for that and you know if i could i would go in and i would help them fix it since there's only one of me and that's a epidemic i see hoarders and it makes me want to clean my house i watch my 600 pound life and it makes me want to eat better right watching the whale made me want to eat better so and it's an amazing every all the actors in that movie do an incredible job and there's even some points where i got a little sick to my stomach like i was just like ah i cannot right now with brandon fraser uh and he won an oscar for it so definitely worth watching if you've never seen it before but um yeah i got myself these cutting boards that are flexible and i got myself some portioning shears which are pretty amazing they're not 
scissors, shears make people think scissors. It's a blade, actually, with a handle that separates all of the different things. And I think I'm going to try the ingredient portions rather than the food portioning until I have to really strictly measure. Uh, Just because I like fresh food, I'm not a big leftover girl. I I did get this awesome copper top griddle that I'm going to make a bunch of salmon in at the same time, and I'm going to cut that up tomorrow. Pretty excited. Um... But the ingredients will allow me to have fresh food and I won't have to portion every day this week. So I am going to get a couple nice sized Tupperware containers. My my friend's mom does the Tupperware thing and I may look into that possibly um, just so that I can make bigger portions of the ingredients so that I can make the food fresh. I'm pretty blessed. Everybody in my house is on board. So they're going to do the whole eating right thing with me. And then I'm going to do the walking pad. I don't know if by the time of this recording, it's probably already come and I've already done it. But I've got the headbands because my hair will be all over my face. And I also got a Dancing with the Stars choreographed DVD, which I'm super excited about. I hope you don't need a partner for it. I'm going to put it in. Yeah, because I'm the only person who dances in this house. And... I'm going to put it in and then I'm going to be a ballroom dancer by the end of this experience. So if you need anybody to ballroom dance with, I'm going to be the person. I'm pretty excited about that. I've got the bike came in. I just don't have the pedals on it yet. I've got to work on that. And uh, so I'm going to be putting a little bit more exercise into this effort than I did the last time I did this diet. And uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm starting to get really excited. I uh, have a workshop and a retreat that are coming up. The workshop is in a couple days. The retreat is the following weekend, so I'm really excited about that. Also, extending the bariatric community. I have met a million people over the course of the last month that are also doing the same stuff that I'm doing, which is really helpful, and that's why I'm putting it on the podcast, because if you live far away, or if you're a new listener, or an old listener, whatever, I want you to feel like you have a community, and I can be part of your community. Uh, Also, if you're not having any of these things done, I also love that you guys listen, because you know and can empathize on what the journey looks like and what it feels like. And a lot of the listeners are just fitness fanatics that, you know, are interested in hearing about other people's perspective that helps them be better trainers or better, you know, gym partners or better competitors when it comes to fitness. Um, Things like that, things that you would never, never think. And then some people listen just for the mental health factor and understanding and and coping with mental health, Uh, you know, finding goals, finding motivation and resources to be better, just all in general, making goals and going towards them, inspiring yourself, inspiring others, motivating yourself and others. Uh, So whatever it is, I need you to know how much I appreciate you, how much I think that you're amazing and how I think that I was put on this platform to remind you that there's nothing that you can't conquer. There's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you can't beat. There's nothing that you can't rise above from and that you have the power within you to to do that, to bring that together. Now you can make vision boards and you can read the secret and you can do affirmations and you can do all of those things. But at the end of the day, it's the decisions that you make in the crossroads that you find yourself in at night, you know, before you go to bed or the first thing that you think of in the morning that make the true difference in how the next parts of your life are going to unfold. 
And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm proud of you. Keep going. Whatever it is that you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. Until next time, have a wonderful morning, a great afternoon, and a good night.